what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot under Willie Mack. This is Shreddy Breck, aka Mr. Clangin and Bangin. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Broken But Glorious Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I am your host for this week, uh, Nick Davey, and I'm delighted to be joined for the first time in a few months by um, the fantastic and great friend of the show, Stephen Jackson. Oh, too kind. You're too kind, Nick. Too kind. I've never been called fantastic before, so that's a, uh, so you're fantastic as well. We're the fantastics, uh, like the old tag team back in the day. <laughs> well, I almost said phenomenal but I was like oh that might be a bit of a copyright issue so ah. um, I was like oh but uh, so it was a last quick quick last second change to fantastic but you are fantastic <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> so, so you, an early hour oh, thank you um, how have you been though so it's, uh, so not fair. it's been a few months since we lost the last time so we had the, the very quiet news week of when uh, yeah. well well Vince Man retired and the whole um, internet yeah went a bit uh, went a bit crazy um, yeah how have you been uh, in the last so few months though, mate? Yeah, I've been good. Yeah, just getting on with work, watching uh, some wrestling, seeing my team Huddersfield perform brilliantly in the uh, championship. I think that's putting it. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. that's putting it lightly. Um, just for all those Huddersfield fans out there, you know. So, uh, but no, all good. You know, just uh, and like I said off air, you know, interesting since I was last on the show because this is historic in that this is my actual first ever. WWE review for the BBG Wrestling Podcast in that I've reviewed, I was thinking just before I came on air as well, but I've reviewed uh, Impact, Ring of Honor, All Japan, GCW, and now we're on to finally after, you know, so long uh, WWE, so there must be a wind of change coming, but uh, <laughs> yeah, historic, another historic episode for me, but yeah, very well, thank you, Nick, and uh, you are, are you okay as well? Yeah, all good, all good, thank you, mate. No, all good. Um, yeah, looking forward to um to discussing some wrestling. Um, yeah, no, um, another obviously, um, yeah, so a good show over the weekend, which I'm looking forward to discussing. And I've just listen to yeah, I think we just need then AEW to um to complete your uh to complete the set, <laughs> so to speak. Then you you've conquered you've conquered BBG basically. The if you want once we do AEW. I'd be very glad to uh, come on and speak about uh, it's full gear next, isn't it? What we've got it's full far, gear, so. yeah. It's around the World yeah. Cup, well, the World Cup sort of start. So, um, yeah. I have got all the dates. So that because I sort of, um, I don't know, when it sort of gets to this stage of the year, you sort of, I don't know what it is when it gets to sort of the end, sort of towards the end of October. I don't know about you, but I always just sort of then want to plan sort of to the rest of the year for some reason. So I was just looking at podcast dates because obviously I know in December everyone gets a little bit busy with with works parties and whatnot yeah so i was just sort of there i was like oh, okay well let's look at them in the pay-per-views are and yeah it was oh, my calendar. yeah november 19th is when um full gear is on so um yeah just before england dash all uh dash all our uh hopes and dreams of uh <laughs> bringing the world cup home in a winter world cup which will already be crazy in itself just uh, yeah love it's about how crazy 2022 has been in wrestling then we've got a, a football world cup in the winter just to really top this year off how in, in terms of craziness 
in incredibly hot conditions, even though it's the winter as well, I can imagine as well. So it's even more bizarre in that it'll be, you know, in, in uh, Qatar, isn't it? So it'll be extremely hot and extremely, uh, <laughs> you know, unusual to be watching a World Cup in uh, in December. And um, it'll be interesting, though. You know, it's like, obviously, you know, something, like we just said off air as well, you know, 2022, the year of sort of, Crazy happenings and crazy forbidden doors being opened, and not just you know wrestling, but it seems like the rest of sports and everywhere else yeah. in the uh, in the world. So no, it'll be interesting. I keep I keep actually forgetting the World Cups on uh, in December, so that'll be good fun. Um, so we'll see whether this time in a couple of months, whether we're actually celebrating on Christmas Day, England winning the World Cup, or whether we'll be uh, you know crying at the fact that we've uh, been knocked out of the first round. <laughs> Exactly that, exactly that. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so we, yeah, we got a fun charge. I have actually forgot to mention as well. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry to um, if Chris and Lance are listening. Uh, sadly, they're not joining us this week. Uh, Chris um, having uh, an eye, uh, an eye, a minor eye operation. So um, sadly, yeah, no podcast for him tonight. So he's resting um, and look forward to having him back on and hosting duties next week. Um, and yep, Lance as well. Um, recovering and obviously still just resting his belts, I think, because he seems to be collecting a few belts at the moment. So, um, yeah, he's, um, yeah, just resting up and, um, ahead of um, a busy winter schedule in his, re- in his wrestling schedule there. So, yeah, sadly both couldn't be on here this evening, but as I said, making up with extra quality with yourself there so as, as a, as a, yeah, as a substitute, a game changing substitute. I'll do them, I'll do them proud, don't worry. And, uh, you know, as you just said, you know, I hope Lance carries on collecting the belts up to Christmas and I hope that, you know, Chris's eyes, uh, Chris's eyes are okay. And, uh, you know, looking forward to it, like I said earlier on. First time reviewing WWE as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Nick. Excellent, excellent. Well, we'll actually start off, uh, yeah, so we're going to discuss the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view that we saw, premium live event, I should say, uh, that was happened over the, over the weekend. But, um, want to start with AEW, um, so just sort of running the clock back about a week or so now. Um, so the, uh, the main event of the show last week, um, we saw John Moxley defend the belt against Adam Page, and which was obviously a good match. Sadly though, in wrestling, these things do happen, and, um, obviously, uh, our best wishes go out to Adam Page, and I, I really hope for a speedy recovery. But sadly, I uh, did suffer a uh, legitimate injury during the main event there, landing off a clothesline, um, and obviously caused the match to come to a halt, and the match was stopped. Uh, so, yeah, sadly, we couldn't get a winner of the match. Um, so, as I say, AEW handed it well. I think they obviously acknowledged this was a real, a serious thing. Um, and then we saw sort of Moxley cut a promo, um, after the match, um, and then that's when we, he was interrupted though by MJF. So whether this was planned for the uh, to happen anyway after the match, I don't know. Or whether they just sort of quickly um, sort of sent MJF down there just to um, um, obviously just to fill the show out. I guess I don't know. But um, yeah, it basically did lead to um, jo- it has basically led to John Moxie will be defending the belt against MJF at full gear. He'll be cashing in his chip that he won, of course, and his return at all out so yeah uh, what were your sort of views at the end of the show there as, as I know the obviously the, and these things can't be happened and it's obviously sad then when, when these things do but I thought I want to give a bit of credit to AEW for the way and John Moxley and everything just for the way it sort of um, the way they they sort of acknowledged it but also sort of still managed to smoothly end the show rather it just sort of be a bit awkward yeah absolutely I think um you know the way it was the whole situation was 
handled. I mean, we've seen situations before in, even even now in wrestling, where you know people get injured and kind of there's that moment of what what do you do or kind of how do you cope with the situation. But I do think that AW handled it in a really really positive way. I think I think that's one good thing about AW is that. They're very good at, um, I know that we've heard a lot of criticism recently about wrestlers, uh, possibly being injured and working and things, but that's just part of, again, like in WWE, we've heard these sort of stories about wrestlers wrestling with injuries like The Undertaker and the like. But I do think that with something like a concussion and, you know, what actually happened, it has to be dealt with, uh, as soon as possible. And they did do the correct, you know, the correct protocol and the correct thing medically, I, I believe. And, you know, I'd like you, I do hope that, Adam Page has a has a speedy recovery and that he's back wrestling soon. And I think it definitely um, sort of demonstrated to me, especially after the, some of the we were talking earlier on about you know the last few months, some of the turmoil what uh, AW has gone through. That it, it definitely highlighted to me that um, when it comes to a situation like this, to handle it in the correct way to avoid any sort of um, I won't say. Uh, repercussions but kind of backlash from people in the sense of that you know Adam I presume well I, I will have known will have been looked after in the right way and he, he is being looked after from what I've read and things so I thought he looked after the situation and sorry looked after him and the situation really well and it was it was a thankfully the way they shoehorned in MJF to kind of take some of the um severity off the situation and then lead into full gear was thankfully a effective way of being able to get that main event across and I think as well one of a positive or one of a blessing really is that it was uh, John Moxley who was in the ring with uh, Hangman and obviously with him being such a prominent figure in AEW you know he knew the sort of right way to handle it himself do you know what I mean like I mean it was yeah. someone who's been experienced in the ring someone who knows the right thing to do and it, anything like that when we've seen it previously in wrestling is quite a I couldn't even imagine kind of the thought of anything like that happening in daily life let alone in the ring but at least having someone experienced in there like Moxley who you know knew what he was doing and how to deal with the situation I think really helped as well so I think everyone worked incredibly hard and professionally and like I said I hope that Hangman you know gets better soon and that we can see him back in the ring as soon as possible because he is one of my favourite I've been a big fan of his since he debuted, one of my favourites. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing him back in again soon. No, absolutely. And so, from all of us at BBG, we do wish Adam Page a speedy recovery and, yep, yeah, re- hopefully reclaim that AEW World Championship at some point in the, in, in the near future. Um, and as I say, yeah, and, um, well, and Moxie versus MJF, though, I mean, not to, um, obviously spin, uh, obviously go straight into it, but main event has been set, whether that was always the plan for, um, for gear, this, whatever the outcome of this match, um, but, um, but yeah, this should be great. I mean, obviously we have seen the main event in AEW pay-per-view before all out 2020, which by all accounts wasn't great, but, Already, what I've liked about this build is MJF's already acknowledged that. To be fair, in terms of that, he's that he's not the same person he was in 2020 with um, there, and now he's he's a complete change man. He's become the devil, and um, I'm really really excited for this for this match at Full Gear in a few weeks' time. Yeah, I can't wait as well. I think like like he did say, and like you've just said, you know, he is a different man to what he was two years ago, and and John John Moxley is as well. I mean, you know, they're both. They're both sort of 
standard bearers for AEW in various ways outside of sort of the elite group in a sense they're two of the guys who've carried the company in different ways and it is a big you know it is a big deal and I, I i am really intrigued to see how this one pans out and and as we've seen the actual verbal interactions between two men is exciting enough let alone when they do actually start you know when they do wrestle one another in the ring so i am really excited to see how the main event pans out and i really couldn't if we did have a prediction show i really couldn't pick a winner because uh Part of me wants MJF to win because I'm a massive supporter of his. But yeah, I'm a massive supporter of John Moxley. It's like I, because I've been watching him for again a bit like Adam Page for years. So it's a really one of those great wrestling main events where you are really torn as to who you want to, you know, who you want to win. I think it will be a really exciting main event when it does come about at full gear. Absolutely, and um, I will mention a bit of Impact news actually. Um, so. Um, um, it's been announced that, um, yeah, that Heath, um, the, well, not, it's been announced, um, that Heath, uh, last week on Impact, uh, Impact Wrestling, Heath and Rhino did become the new, uh, Impact World Heavyweight, or the World, World Tag Team Champions after they beat On and No More, um, and after basically that we saw, well, On and No More become No More, basically, um, <laughs> PCO was, uh, he had enough of Eddie Edwards, um, well, bearing him off uh, before attacking all the group and leaving I think that's sort of cementing his baby face because he was always pretty over uh, the last sort of few months anyway well the last year or so in fact yeah um, and he will be sticking around in impact so the, the it looks like though Matt Taven Mike Bennett Maria Bennett and Vincent have all left the promotion I think we've seen sort of um, uh, Matt Taven Mike Bennett and Maria sort of on AEW well they're going to be sort of going back to Ring of Honor AEW so um as the kingdom, so I think they'll be there. Vincent has talked that he actually could be going to WWE as part of the White Six, which me and Chris did mention on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, uh, so currently it does leave Eddie Edwards, Kenny King, whether they're, they're going to stay as a stable, well, I don't know, but, um, but yeah, quite an interesting end to Impact last week. Um, so happy for Heath and Rhino, especially after sort of, um, yeah, both have been sort of, um, had a few injuries over the last year or so. So great to see them tag team champions again, but, um, but yeah, a few int- a few interesting developments with um sort of people leaving Impact there. Yeah, um, great. To, it's one of those weird things, isn't it, where you know we hear about these sort of thrown together tag teams, and sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't. But Heath and Rhino just seem <laughs> yeah. to work, even in WWE. It just they just mesh together perfectly, you know. So it's great to see that they've won the um the Impact belts as well. And yeah, like you've just said, you know, Impact's no more. Oh, sorry, um. On the No More, sorry, and Impact. Impact you know, No More. Impact No More. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone on for two decades. It's not going to finish anytime soon. Eh? But yeah, On the No More, definitely. They've been an interesting stable, obviously, with the sort of, um, you know, re- disillusion of the original Ring of Honor. And I think it's thankfully given a lot of the talent who were predominantly in Ring of Honor, notably Vincent and Matt, uh, Matt Taven, um, the opportunity to wrestle somewhere else and make, a no pun intended, an impact as they did in Impact. Mm. And I think, you know, for, um, um, like you said, it's uh, with the Kingdom coming back to, uh, well, going to AEW, possibly going back to Ring of Honor, it's an interesting time, you know, with things shifting and, you know, whether... I would like to see Vincent in WWE. I think Vincent is um, a very... Um, unique character and a, and a guy who's got a lot of potential and I think he would fit the um, the WWE um, sort of the, what they look for in sort of a performance centre 
candidate and wrestler. I think it will be a great opportunity for him. And I'm a big supporter of the the kingdom, and I would like to see them um, get more opportunities in you know AEW and, and and bigger companies. I mean, there was a time when um, the kingdom actually were back in uh, New Japan. <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah. we're in New Japan, which was really cool. So it'd be cool to see them go back, and they were quite they were quite um, you know using the phrase over over in New Japan, which is pretty cool, really. So it would be interesting to see how that's changed with time and things like that but yeah it's sort of again a, a changing of the guard and you know freshens things up a bit and you know Eddie Edwards and it uh, is kind of an impact uh it's become kind of a standard bearer in impact really hasn't he over the past 10 years it's kind of his promotion now and um Kenny King I don't know where Kenny will go from here but you know he uh he's another great wrestler as well so it'd be great to see him carry on wrestling in uh in impact but definitely an interesting, although it's a conclusion of on and no more, at least it's not just that they're going to be stuck in one promotion. You can see where sort of seeds have been planted in different places. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in uh, the rest of 2022 and 23. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, yeah, we'll see where obviously the promotion, well, the promotion does go from from here. And um uh, just to get another, another uh, promotion, but uh, yeah, Ring of Honor, they have announced their um, next pay-per-view, which will be Final Battle, which will be on December 10th. Now, interestingly, this weekend, um, there's also been announced that it'll be uh, NXT. Um, I believe the show is going to be called um, Final Deadline, or just Deadline, um, uh, so, which is also the same weekend. So an interesting sort of clash, whether they will be on the same night, I don't know. Um, but... Um, but yeah, NXT, in fact, yeah, it is called NXT Deadline there. So I don't know why, I think I just got confused with the final, <laughs> given there, I mean, <laughs> the final battle. Yeah, so NXT Deadline, yeah, will be uh, there. But also another, it's also UFC 282 that day. So a few clashes that weekend. So yeah, if you like your fighting and wrestling, and then you've certainly got a nice weekend in store there. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a couple of interesting sort of um, shouts out. So a nice, bright, and a couple of things to finish the year on as well. Yeah, um, great to see that. The tradition of final battles still continuing, being that it's Ring of Honor's um, most the kind of the equivalent of WrestleMania for Ring of uh, sorry for Ring of Honor in you know the most important show of the year. So it's great to see how you know that's still staying, and hopefully once final battle um, comes about, maybe in 2023, you know we'll see like we talked about off air. You know there'll be sort of more progression in terms of you know television and. You know, maybe more of a um, actual like weekly show or things like that. But it'll be interesting to see what the actual show will take, the form the show will take, whether it'll be similar to Death Before Dishonor or whether it'll take more of a different, uh, you know, feel to it. Especially with you know Jericho um, as the champion and things like that. I think it's uh, Final Battle's always been good fun to watch for me as a Ring of Honor fan. So it'll be good fun to see the 2022 iteration as well and where it'll pan out. Yeah, no, absolutely, and um, yeah, I agree. I think yeah, we're all waiting for that sort of weekly show for uh, me and Chris sort of discussed it on the show a few weeks ago that we're waiting for that um, yeah, that Ring of Honor sort of um, weekly show to um, yeah, just really just to allow, allow like a nice sort of um, 
I'm a bit of a breather in terms of space with AEW because, as I said at the moment, I just think it's all a bit on top of each other. And I think a weekly show will be just really handy for Ring of Honor. And it'll also make these sort of pay-per-views, I think, seem a little bit more special um, as well. Whereas now it sort of feels, as it's on AEW, it's like, okay, well, it'll be, it's like an AEW show, but just not with the main stars of AEW on. Um, which I, I don't want to have that thing. So, as we said, the last Ring of Honor show was brilliant. I thought so. Yeah. Um, I think, as I think it's, I'm sure it will be a good show as well, and say a nice sort of way to round off uh, the year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I think the um, for yourself, like when we did review it, for a lot of people who've never been um, introduced to Ring of Honor, I think that Before Dishonor definitely um, gave people a, a lot of people the opportunity to see what Ring of Honor was or is about and I think it's mm. great that you know it's still going forward uh, into final battle and like you said it will be interesting to see how the um you know the promotion pans out especially as you know we've got Jericho uh Will Utah and FTR as the you know the champions and they're all strong wrestlers you know they can definitely and I mean we've seen some great matches involving the belts for you know those championships so it'll be interesting to see how um, they'll build a promotion around, oh, sorry, say a promotion, but I mean like a, a show around them being champions and things. So, no, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely an exciting finish to the year along with NXT and uh, UFC. It's one of those times where you'll have one on your TV, you'll have one on your laptop, and then you'll have one on your phone. And you'll keep, you know, part previous to the times when we used to have to scoot through different channels and then quickly <laughs> keep up to date with everything. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, well, final bit of news is um, WWE have announced there will be uh, the Elimination Chamber will return uh, February 18th um, next year in 2023. Uh, what's most interesting, though, obviously it keeps its usual slot in sort of the build-up to WrestleMania, but it's um, going to be in Montreal, so Mo- Montreal, Quebec, Canada, uh, the Bell Centre. Um, WWE's first pay-per-view um, is going to be held in Montreal. Well, it be held in Montreal since um, 2009, where they at the breaking point pay-per-view uh, I won't ask you to name matches from that show um, but um, I believe yeah. it, the legacy and legacy Shawn Michaels and DX I think you could and, be right yeah maybe yeah. John Cena versus Randy Orton as well potentially that was the I quit match wasn't it the famous I quit yeah. match with the um, yeah with the Kane the, the Singapore Canes wasn't it and the uh, when he was tied to the ah um, oh, yeah that's it post, I believe yeah yeah so yeah you got um yeah, you, there's a lot of um, yeah. There's obviously there's obviously history in Canada, and it does come off the back after um, recent sort of shows in Canada. Apparently, ticket sales are very very good for the Raws, and I believe it was the Raws they, 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 the Raw they had there recently. Uh, very positive, and now they've got a pay per view. So yeah, good news for um, for in terms of sort of um, obviously taking the show back to Canada. We know how good the Canadian crowds are, but um, what's more interesting is apparently this is going to be a thing now under Triple H, which they want they want to have sort of um, more international shows which again good for the UK so it sounds like we'll have more international sort of uh, premium live events and less gimmicky shows so none of your sort of your Hell in a Cells your Extreme Rules your TLC pay-per-view sort of thing they want to have sort of um, I'm saying next actually discussing a gimmick pay-per-view but I think the Elimination Chamber is slightly different given it's sort of uh, built to WrestleMania but um, but yeah good sort of again sort of um, good good exciting news about sort of um, yeah about WWE and Triple H's sort of ideas going forward yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the um, hence, I always think this, but, you know, the company is called 
world wrestling entertainment, not WWE, even though they always refer to it as that. And, mm. you know, part of WWE's appeal is that, you know, they go around the world. And I mean, we did at one point see, you know, there was that great Beast in the East show over in Japan, which was, all, it's always great when you see WWE and other, and obviously like yeah. we saw this year with Clash and, uh, Clash at the Castle and when they go to Canada or, you know, they, they, years ago as well, I seem to remember they did the show in Australia as well. The suit, it was like a DVD only show, global tour or something it was called, which was pretty cool. Like if any, like this is just sort of during ruthless, sorry, ruthless aggression era, like we spoke about previously, like years ago. So if anyone remembers that, I think it was Brock Lesnar and The Rock and Triple H or something in the main event in Australia. So it's always exciting seeing WWE coming out of the guys uh, or coming out of, you know, America because we all love watching WWE, you know, and although they've got greatest Royal Rumble and, you know, they've got Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, there's other places which, as they've said with Montreal, they can go to and they can, you know, get people uh, invested in outside of house shows. And it's good as well to hear that the gimmick pay-per-views are kind of dumbing down a little bit. I mean, you know, there are things like Money in the Bank and Elimination Chamber, which sort of have a, storyline purpose in a sense you know they can they can mix into what's going on throughout the year or you know leading up to wrestlemania but i think that particular period in time has kind of passed i think it was one of those things where it was a great novelty at one point but now we've seen it so much that i think they need to just go back to the more traditional you know named pay-per-views and you know uh well i said traditional name but names of pay-per-views which you know aren't necessarily linked to particular styles of matches or particular um, gimmicks per se. Hence, although we're speaking about Halloween Havoc, you know, one of the cool things about Halloween Havoc, which is cool for me as well as being a big WCW fan, that it's a WCW, it was a WCW pay-per-view. So, you know, they've been able to, with them having access to the wrestling archives of WCW and ECW and so many different promotions, they can use those names and properties into the modern day so you know we've had halloween havoc part of the nxt schedule for the past couple of years and that's why we're reviewing 22 today so i think there's definitely scope to play into the legacy of other shows which have happened in other promotions but then give them a wwe twist or an nxt twist as we've got today so yeah it's exciting and it has actually reminded me of you saying that because I've just remembered to find a bit of news. Um, it, it appears that there's a uh, WWE and GCW might be having some sort of partnership going forward now. Um, so apparently, um, yeah, the GC, uh, GCW president, Brett L- Lauderdale. Lauderdale, yeah. yeah. You said it better than me and Joey, Joey Janela. They've, um, yeah, they're apparently they've sort of been praising the WWE recently and apparently Lauderdale and Stephanie McMahon, um, yeah, they've sort of had, they've sort of had a very positive relationship since WrestleMania 38 times. So, interest in this, um, say so it's, um, not, as I say, you don't know, I don't know what's going to be, what's going to happen out of it, whether it'll be a bit like, uh, sort of like progress have happened with, WWE in terms of progress sort of get their shows on the network whether or whether we see something a bit more interesting with this so um but yeah it's good to know that WWE open with working with potential other um shows obviously nothing's been formally announced yet but um but yeah all, all seems very positive really exciting um you know GCW people know reviewed GCW in the past massive fan of the promotion the, uh, and 
you know, I also, it's an, uh, one of the things I want to say as well is they do have two sort of developmental um, promotions as well, which GCW run, which are uh, GC, JCW, which is Jersey Championship Wrestling, and LA Fight, which is based uh, down in Los Angeles. So they have talents from those two sort of areas come together as well, sort of the more giving them an opportunity and stuff to then go to GCW, which is a bit, a bit like kind of like a, a microcosm WWE and sort of an asp- in a in a way, but it's definitely exciting. I think GCW have definitely the amount of uh, sort of momentum they've gained over the past couple of years has been phenomenal, and especially this year. I mean, you've had guys like recently we've just seen this past week. You know, you've had guys like uh, Yamato and SB Kento from Dragon Gate, but then you've had you know Will Osprey going and wrestling, who's a former IWGP World Champion, and you've had you know. Um, Jonathan Gresham, former Ring of Honor world champion. Yeah. And it, it, it's definitely a promotion where people want to wrestle. It's not like it, you know, people want to go there. And that's what's exciting, I think, is that you can, and, and everyone who I've had interactions with regarding GCW, and if they've had any opportunities there, have said that the fans are brilliant, that the promotion's great to wrestle for. So GCW and WWE working together would be fantastic. You know, and we have the collective weekends. Um, at the same time as WWE as well, WrestleMania weekend where it's a you know sort of festival of shows, um, kind of a, the equivalent of kind of the Glastonbury of sort of wrestling shows is the collective what <laughs> ECW kind of uh, are the figureheads for. So it's really exciting to hear that, and I think again, um, you know, if if you've not seen GCW before listening to the podcast then definitely go out of your way to have a look at some of their um, stuff on YouTube just search them on YouTube GCW and there's plenty of free matches you can see and you know they uh, definitely you know deserve to be seen by more people because they do put on fantastic shows absolutely well um, yeah so so yeah very exciting news that and, and um, as I say I guess we'll see I guess at the moment it's the case of watch this space for now and um, I'm sure there'll be um, updates over Twitter over the, well, and any other news reports over the next sort of few um, few days so no all very exciting well uh, as I say now it's time for the, the main point of the show it's the NXT Halloween Havoc uh, review uh, which obviously took place this Saturday um I think my sort of whole overall assessment of the show, um, there. I mean, we'll, we'll sort of we'll get into it, but I felt I felt like it wasn't it wasn't sort of um, on par with sort of what we've got with some of the takeovers there. Obviously, I don't think we're ever going to get. If I'm honest, I don't think we're ever going to reach those heights ever again. Um, but equally, it was good. I think's the way to, that's the way to sort of that's the way I've sort of felt like it. As I say, wasn't. Um, as it wasn't those heights, but it felt a bit more like a transition period where we're sort of um, under this Triple H period. There, it felt like we were well, there was some positives to take, but equally some stuff where it's like, okay, well this is a yeah not great sort of thing. Yeah, I think um, that's a really good way to put it. Actually, I think it was a show. I again, this is my first time reviewing a WWE show for Halloween. No, sorry for. BBG Wrestling, Halloween Havoc. It was exciting, you know, because it's the first time I've really kind of watched a full WWE show since Triple H took the helm um, on Stephanie. But yeah, I do believe that um, it had some really great moments and it had some really great matches, but it also felt... It's the first time, actually, for me, it felt more like... A, um, and maybe it's because I don't watch the show regularly, and I don't know, but it felt very much like a... NXT never felt like a developmental 
production, like it felt like it was its own entity. But for some reason, I don't know whether it was the scale of the the way they shot the venue or like I don't know, but it felt kind of like it was not lowerly because that's a harsh thing to say, but it felt kind of the like I said, developmental, like giving guys an opportunity and girls an opportunity to go out there and to show what they can do in front of a large audience. I think there were some moments which worked great but there were some things what didn't work as well as I was hoping but I do think that everyone on the show um there was nothing on the show that I thought was bad I just thought that maybe it's the WWE production side of things but it just there could have been ways they could have made it feel a bit bigger in scale I don't I don't know like I said I haven't watched WWE regularly for a long time I've only seen snippets so it's difficult but it kind of felt a bit like I wanted more um of a Felt a bit small and I wanted something a bit bigger, a bit contained. I think that's the thing. It felt a bit like a sound stage, like what it used to feel like in WCW in the, um, the MGM kind of WCW worldwide. I'm showing my age now as well to so all these people. <laughs> but like the worldwide kind of tapings at Disney, like it felt like I, I wanted a bit bigger in a sense, like we used to get with takeovers, you know, like we got with Brooklyn yeah. and we got with, um, was, even when they came to London, you know, and Toronto. Um, but it was a great show. I, I really enjoyed the show, though, and it was great because, like I said, I'm a WCW fan, so I loved the hark back to Halloween Havoc. You know, that that to me is just like, gives me those sort of fuzzy, you know, nostalgic vibes of those days gone by when, you know, we had the good old wrestling on the TV. <laughs> rather than wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a very good assessment of the um, show. We'll get into it. Um, the opening match, um, so we, we open the show with a, a ladder match for the vacant NXT North American Championship, um, which was, which con- oh, who, uh, it consisted of Wesley, Carmelo Hayes, Oro Mensa, Von Wagner and and Nathan Fraser. Um they're yeah. terrible actors like that, but um, um they were the yeah, the, the sort of the competitors. Um I mean yeah, this was I thought was a, a, a solid opening. I think if you've got this on the card, it, the position needs to open the show. A fun, exciting opener to the show. Um, and yeah, this was a positive of the night. I thought it was really good. Some of the competitors, some really sort of cool spots. I mean, Wesley was sort of, yeah, some of the spots he was pulling off and getting thrown around was, was nuts. I thought it's another way to put oh, it. Oh yeah. It was, it was nuts, um, there. So, it, and, um, I, I did think it was great. I saw an interesting comment of you sometimes with sort of these ladder matches, you do get um, sort of ones where a lot, a lot of people are sort of just down and out for most of it and sort of two people sort of seem to just sort of take it and sort of turns into like just a wrestling match between two of them. But this was very um, good. I think everyone sort of had a had a good share in sort of um, in the match. Um, and all it was good. It, it's a, I'm not going to say it was quite like the uh, ladder match for from the NXT takeover that I was at uh, in New Orleans in 2018, mm-hmm. um, there. So not those, not quite those heights. But as I say, for this show, really good opener. As I say, it's certainly a thumbs up from me for this match. And um, and I will say the correct winner won. I was delighted to see Wes Wesley come away with the with the victory. I think he's obviously we know he's had it tough over the last obviously in in his career. Obviously with obviously as a tag team going to a solo, uh, it's taken a while for him to really sort of become a solo star. But now I think yeah, giving him the the NXT North American belt, I think is good for him and um and excited to see him. I think he can he can yeah some of the matches I think he can obviously have now will be great. 
Uh, yeah, I thought this show, I thought this match was absolutely fantastic. Great way to start the show. Um, the, you know, it was great to see five very different style of wrestlers mesh together in a match, um, like a ladder match. And, and also that's, that's interesting you say that point because they mentioned it on commentary. Um, and also I love the fact that Booker T was on commentary as well. One of my favorite wrestlers and commentators of all time. So that was always, that was really good fun as well to hear Booker T on commentary for me. But, um, but I, I, um, I, like you, I think one of the very difficult things in kind of the history of NXT is that you have to follow what came before. And what came before in NXT was one of those kind of magical times where everything, the stars all aligned. And that ladder match, for example, was one of those moments where, a bit like Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, where literally every other ladder match will get compared to that particular match. So you've got a very big scale to kind of have to, you know, match up to but also then you know over overcome in a sense but I thought and it's very difficult to do that and I think they did a very good job in telling a very great story with you know uh, the guys involved and there were some moments in this match what I thought were crazy especially when Wesley got thrown by uh, Von Von Wagner onto the announce table and thrown like Spike Dudley and ECW you know when he was sort of um you know, press slammed, but I, I thought at first he was just going to press slam him onto sort of the floor or onto someone outside. I didn't expect him to sort of launch him straight into the announce table and it didn't yeah. give that announce table. That announce table, that looked like it hurt like hell. <laughs> that was one scary bump. Um, and, you know, we got the meteor on the ladder as well, which was great from Wesley as well. I just thought it was a really, um, and a really exciting match. And like you just said, you know, I've been a massive fan of, Wesley for years, you know, um, through his career. And I think, like you said, his upheaval in terms of lots of things could have gone one or two ways. And thankfully, you know, he's, he's sort of worked hard and he's, you know, um, taken it kind of in his stride. And then he's, you know, um, got the national, uh, sorry, the North American belt, which is a, you know, a big deal because that North American belt's got, a, even though it's not been around for years, it's got a big prestige behind it, and some big people mm-hmm. have helped that belt go. So yeah, I I can't wait to see some of the matches they'll have, and and considering some of the competitors in this match, for example, he could have some great matches going forward. Um, so yeah, I thought this was a phenomenal opening match, and the crowd were great as well. The crowd were chanting and they were into everything, which really helped the show along. Because the worst thing you can have is that you, you know, you're watching a show, um, and that doesn't happen, and it's very still. Whereas this did what it needed to do, and it got everyone excited for what was to come. So, yeah, I thought it was great, and I thought everyone put in a really great effort as well. Everyone, a hundred percent. And um, well, the, up next we had um, a spin the wheel, make a deal match. It was a casket match that came up. So. Um, yeah, first time, I'm a big fan of some statistics. Um, so, last time we had the casket match was uh, the greatest Royal Rumble Undertaker against Rusev uh, in 2018. So, four years ago was the last time we had a, we had a casket match in uh, WWE. Um, obviously, we've got, we see coffin matches happen in AEW, but um, yeah, this was Apollo Crews against Grayson Waller. Now, they've had a, yeah, they've had a bit of a feud over the last sort of a uh, couple of months or so in NXT, which has been yeah, pretty good. Um, big fan of both competitors. I think Grayson Waller is just yeah, very good as your heel that you absolutely despise. 
and I think Apollo's return to NXT has been has been good. I think yeah, I think he's 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 been a good example. I think it's been a few actually. To be fair, I think Balor was another good example a few years ago where someone drops into NXT from the main roster. They've they're running on, on the main roster's gone a bit stale, and um, it's been a bit of a breath of fresh air to be honest. And um, it's good to see him um, sort of there actually, yeah, sort of seeing him in the ring actually having some good wrestling matches and. Um, yeah, I think this was a, a a good way to sort of finish the feuds uh, between the two. Um, yeah, as I said, I'm not going to go and say this was a match of the night. You have to go back and watch this immediately. But I think this one was, yeah, uh, this was good. This was fine for what it was, obviously. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think, again, happy with this, how it went. Yeah, I, you know, I think, again, these two did have some, you know, great, um, great chemistry. I think, for me, like I've read with some of the reports and I've heard that, the thing, what I didn't, in, this is again one of those sort of psychology things, and but the whole thing of throwing Apollo through the casket and then having to open the casket to put him in, kind of, I think it sort of felt a bit odd. Like it kind of, I got it, but yeah, it 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 didn't. If it had been like a table match, it had made sense, but like with a casket, mate, it just felt a little bit. Um, a bit odd, but it thankfully didn't detract from the match. It just felt a bit strange at the time because then we had the Druids coming out and they brought a separate casket and we had all that, so that was fine. There was no, you know, but I, but it just kind of was one of those moments where it kind of felt a bit, I don't know, a bit strange. But I did one thing. It's great you say that about Grayson because he is one of those guys who is just a really strong heel character who is like one of those heels who your grandma would hate like in back in the day you know he's just got that kind of personality to him and the whole thing of doing doing like uh good in the undertaker and sort of implying the tombstone and stuff like that i thought was really cool as well so i did think when the lights went out in the match i was expecting because it's halloween havoc i was expecting something to happen with the undertaker for some reason i don't know why because i didn't look at the results of the show and i was just expecting the undertaker to come somewhere whether that'll <laughs> happen in the future i don't know survive series or the like but um but no, i thought this was a really i thought this was a really good match and i liked the um you know the ending and i liked the um the chemistry the two of them shares and it did feel like it was a big deal and i think again as i mentioned booker t on commentary but the actual commentary um on the show really got across the gravity of the kind of uh feud between the two of them so i thought it was you know, I thought it was great, and it like like you, it wasn't a match of the night, but it wasn't one of those matches which didn't under deliver either. It was just a fun, you know, match on the show. So yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, no, absolutely, and um, yeah, it's it's sort of interesting now where I think where where they can because I think yeah, I with Apollo, I mean. It'd be interesting to see sort of where we're both men. I think certainly not so nation in regards to the main roster. I think they're, 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 they've still got a lot to deliver on NXT Waller, especially. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's, I think this would be interesting now where both men do go. I think Apollo needed the win probably more, um, given he's, yeah, he's not really had that big win since coming down from the main roster. I mean, I would like, I personally, I would like to see Apollo maybe get into a, a sort of a title feud with Bron Breaker, uh, for the, for, for the belts going forward. So it'd be interesting where, where both men go forward from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, Apollo's one of those guys who, again, during the early days of, NXT, he had some phenomenal matches and was again yeah. one of those guys who um, was sort of one of the 
main attractions for the show, and he's such a talented athlete that it'll be really great. And, and him and Bron, Be- Bron Brecker would be great as well, given that they're both amazing athletes, you know. So yeah, that'd be really exciting as well. So again, we'll see how that uh, that pans out, but. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, up next was um, Roxanne Perez against Cora Jade. So another spin the wheel maker deal match. This time it was a weapons wild match. Um, now with this, I would say the build to this. I mean, the whole Roxanne Perez Cora Jade storyline has been brilliant. I think that's been a, a solid point of NXT. Even when I think given that um, NXT has had a bit of criticism over the last sort of few months, well, for a well, few years, in fact, um, there uh, in the sort of 2.0 era um, I think this has been a very bright spark I think this this whole storyline telling everything was great um, match itself um, whether my expectations were slightly too high given how good the feud's been I wasn't blown away by this um, I thought the finish to the match the spot that actually won the match was good that was a really good Good finish to the match. Match itself, I thought uh, it was a little bit. It, it just wasn't great. I don't think um, for, for me. I just think something was missing. Maybe a, like a, a spark was sort of missing in this. Um, there again, whether my expectations were slightly too high, I don't know. But uh, I think there was a sort of little thing because there was quite a big spot where they both went through sort of the table, and then they got right within like under 10 seconds which yeah just sort of not selling selling it very well with those sort of spots um there so uh but as i say ending the match was good or try and focus on the positives there ending the match was good which ends in a good which has ended a very good feud and the correct person's gone over who by all accounts um recently on smackdown when roxanne perez was on really impressed uh the hierarchy so Lots of good things to come from her, but also Cora Jade. I think they 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 both got some a great careers. Given how young both wrestlers are, they've, um, yeah. they've certainly got good careers careers ahead of them. Yeah, um, I mean, I will say as well, uh, I have been a fan of NXT 2.0, even though it did get a lot of criticism because it was a sort of breath of fresh air in a sense, ironically. Um, and although I've not been watching WWE regularly, I did kind of dip into uh, NXT 2.0. So uh, I do agree that. It, although it got criticism, I liked the fact that it freshened things up a little bit. Um, and I kind of dipped into the Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade uh, feud. And I thought it was really good. And like you, I think this is one of the flaws with... Um, we were speaking earlier about like gimmick pay-per-views and gimmick matches, but also sort of limitations in WWE in terms of what you can and can't do. And I think there was parts in this match where I felt there was... Uh, it, it just... Like they wanted to go further than they were allowed in a sense. So like there was that spot where, um, Cora Jade kicked the trash can what Roxanne was locked in and then she threw her, she kind of kicked her off the apron to the, to the floor, uh, or from the ring, sorry, to the floor. And I kind of liked that because that was the first time I'd seen that and it looked really nasty. But then there was other things what kind of felt a bit like, they couldn't really go to a particular level of violence. I mean, it's a weapons wild match, but technically the amount of weapons actually used was sort of, um, or in the level of sort of hatred didn't transfer from the feud into this match itself in terms of how they responded, if that makes sense. And it wasn't a bad match, but it just didn't have that. There was like a little bit of sort of still, uh, still motion and stuff like that. What affects it, I think, is probably the way to put it. And like you said, the whole 
going on top of the, uh, the sort of, um, I don't know what you'd call it really, not the sound stage per se, but like the elevated stage area, you might call it, and then falling down, but then waking up within 10 seconds and going back to the ring, it, it just kind of cheapened the whole thing for me, and that it just, that could have been the end of the match. Yeah. They could have, they could have done what they did in the ring up on that, that set, and then it would have had the same impact as what it did in the ring, and it just felt like that was an additional add-on rather than that could have been the end, and it just felt a bit like a bit odd, like it a bit a bit disjointed if anything. Um, but I agree. I thought that the actual finish was the finish to the match was brilliant. I thought that worked really well, and I could tell that there was kind of um, sort of parking uh, or sort of paying tribute to sort of. Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair at WrestleMania 24 and Undertaker and Shawn Michaels with, you know, the whole stare down, you know, I'm sorry, I love you thing because they purposely kind of held the camera to a point where you could hear them talking to one another as well, which I think is something in wrestling which isn't utilised enough in terms of a storytelling technique. I mean, a lot of times we see it from a physical aspect in terms of body language, but when the camera's close enough, you can actually hear what people are saying. And it does add a level of drama. And it did at the end. I thought it really added to the level of the finish, really. So I thought that they definitely clawed it back after that strange moment where it all felt like it kind of lost its way with the table spot. But um, but again, yeah, I thought they, they worked really hard. I thought both of them uh, had a really great conclusion to the feud. And the crowd, again, they were really into this. Yeah. And that's, I think, what's... The crowd were great for this entire show. There wasn't, I thought they really helped this whole show along and this, you know, they were there to see everybody. And, you know, this was again one of those matches where you could tell they were enjoying it. So that really helped it as well. So, so yeah, again, you know, I really, I really enjoyed this. No, absolutely. And, uh, I, I think sky's the limit for both now for both competitors, um, going forwards. Um, up next, we had uh, an ambulance match uh, between Julius Creed and Damon Kemp. Uh, we had had Julius lost, uh, Brutus Creed would ha- Brutus Creed would have had to have left NXT. So Julius fight on the on the behalf of his brother and Diamond Mine as a whole. Um, yeah, I think the build to this has been has been good as well. I've, I've sort of liked the fact that it was actually Damon Kemp as the one that was putting was uh, the one trying to take Diamond Mine down from the inside, where they presumed it was Roderick Strong so I think the build to this has been pretty clever I, I, I can't say I was a fan of the whole of this was I, I, I think for the for an ambulance match I, I, I don't know I mean I, I get the concept but I just think did this really need to be and I know it's obviously they're trying to make it quite a bit of a hardcore event but um I just think an ambulance match needs to be like after a few sort of matches and it's ending like a really really bitter feud not trying to say this feud hasn't got personal and heated but I don't know uh, for me an ambulance match just seemed a bit of a weird kind of one to, to, for them to do and uh, well, what I would say is I quite like the concept of fighting for not just for him to stay in NXT but his brother would have to leave NXT so but that added quite a cool sort of emotional sort of um, storyline step to it so um, match itself I thought was fine uh, but I, I, again though I think for the 
kind of the opposite to what we just discussed in the Perez-Jade match. I think for this, it felt, for an amateur match, you need to literally demolish someone for they, obviously, so they, they physically can't, well, move, and then get launched into the back of an ambulance. I think sort of the, the end of this seemed a little bit like, well, I mean, would he really be that unconscious to be, he could be carried out throughout the entire arena, then just launched into the back of a, um, uh, into the back of the ambulance. So I was like, mm, not really. I was expecting maybe a bigger finish if it's an ambulance match, um, there. But, um, but yeah, I think mean, happily the right, the, the right wrestler won again. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it would be a bit of a catastrophe if the Creed brothers weren't separate. I mean, I was more worried about sort of WWE going back to this thing in the, in the dark era of, oh, well, let's just split up a tag team whenever we want to. So, yeah. um, I, I think that yeah, the Creed brothers, I think they need, they need to be NXT tag team champions as well at some stage. I'm probably, I'm sure they will, but I think as well, they are a ready made tag team too. If you threw them onto the main roster, I don't think they would look out of place at all. But um, for now, it would be good to see them yeah, at least claim the NXT titles before they move on to, to better things. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think given that both of them are sort of legitimate, both Damon Kemp and Julius Creed are both kind of legitimate wrestlers, it felt very odd for them to be in a match like an ambulance match, which I kind of was looking into it and I was thinking, ah, well, you know, like Roderick Strong was in the hospital and, you know, like it's all that kind of, you know, sort of storyline element to it and things you know that's why they brought it in but it just felt this is this is one of those cases where again the whole gimmick match thing and like the gimmick match pay-per-views where it felt like it was one gimmick too many and that this would have had the same impact probably more had it just been a traditional one-on-one match per se and then the thing was that you know the stipulation was that if uh brutus Clay, sorry, Brutus Creed, Brutus Clay, yeah. <laughs> Brutus Creed uh, would have left. You know, I think it would have had the same in, the same impact as I've had it been a bit ambulance match. It felt a bit like too much. You know, it just felt a bit kind of um, one gimmick match too many. Um, there's some great moments in this, like uh, the, the bit with the one bit what did terrify the hell out of me was the bit with the ring bell when they threw that across the ring and then they suddenly throwing chairs and stuff. I thought that was pretty scary you know because you don't <laughs> often see ring bells getting thrown about um but yeah i think that like you said it, it could have been done in a different way and achieved the same end end goal really um but like you i'm relieved that the creed brothers haven't been uh pulled apart because that's the worst thing they could have done because like you said you know they could easily go to the main roster you know and, and win the smackdown or raw tag belts and tear it up there straight away but um, again, worked really hard. Crowd really into it. It was great seeing backstage as well and seeing those fans backstage as well who they'd brought out to see, well, say they kind of were there to watch the ambulance match as well. So it wasn't just sort of standard um, backstage kind of uh, vibes. There were fans there as well, which added an element to it. So, um, yeah, and like you, I thought the ending where he kind of carried him and that was it. It just felt a bit kind of flat really unfortunately but it was you know it was good and the crowd enjoyed it and there were some good moments in it um yeah just one of those sort of uh one too many gimmick matches for my tastes um but yeah it was still good though still put a really good effort in absolutely and um yeah uh the penultimate match of the night i mean yeah this was probably my low point of the night i'd say it's um yeah mandy rose beating um albafon for the title obviously before early on in the night we saw uh, Mandy and the rest of the Toxic Attraction go to 
well find Albafire. Uh, so then we got the, the the Halloween sort of malarkey of them trying to find her and obviously having loads of sort of um yeah, loads of creepy sort of um people looking around mummies and whatnot. Um the Yeshe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I get in Halloween, yeah, it's Halloween had look, so there's got there had to be something in like last year we had what was it, uh, I think it was uh, Dexter Loomis versus maybe Gargano, I think. At yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. Dexter Loomis, yeah. And I think that was, that's, that's great. Uh, I didn't mind that, but yeah, it was, um, I did have a lot of time for when the ambulance took off, then, um, Alba Fire was driving back into the arena. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, Aaron Man <laughs> must have got very, very lucky. <laughs> or, or was tipped off, maybe, by something that, uh, that, um, yeah, I, I, that I didn't mind. It was the, the end in itself, I just think, was a little bit, um, I just felt there very meh when it got back to the arena, uh, very poor. And as I say, I, I just really, I just think Alba Fire is so good. Um, obviously, we know it's Kaylee Ray. I just think now was the time for her to become the NXT Women's Champion. So disappointed. I think Mandy Rose has been has been great. I think she actually honestly has improved um, both in character development, but also as a wrestler over the last year. Yeah. Um, but I just think now was the time to switch. And as well, I, I think Toxic Attraction are probably in all honesty ready to move up to the main well main roster. Uh, I think that I think NXT Women's probably could do with another extra tag team on the main roster, another stable. And I, I just think yeah, now that was probably the right time to maybe move them up to say SmackDown. I think would be quite a good fit. Um, so I just yeah, whether I was just sort of so in my mind of thinking and wanting that to happen, that but yeah, this was my as I said my my low point of the night. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think one of the things I would like WWE to do. This is kind of again showing my age, but also sort of my <laughs> no, but, no, but there, there's re, there's method in this madness. But uh, um, Canadian Stampede, which was back in '97, one of the cool things they did was they had the um. Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Mankind match, which was the opening of the show, and then it carried on. So the match kind of it sort of ended, but then it carried on going on throughout the um, throughout the rest of the show. Like they kept going back to it, but with and that's the kind of thing what I think would have been great here, where the kind of say like the opener was this particular match in the um, in the NXT arena, and then say like Mandy Rose ran away but then they ended up in the haunted house or something and then it came back and then it was kind of like the match was still going on that might have worked better than where it kind of like started as the haunted house and it just felt very um i didn't know whether to find it scary or to find it funny and it just felt like one of those weird kind of ways wwe does these kind of things because one thing impact does very well unlike wwe is that when it comes to anything sort of artistic to be filmed artistically like backstage they've always been very good at being able to get these things across and get across the sort of tone of what's been happening and like the actual tone of the events and and for something like this like impact would have made it a lot more um sort of like a horror film and more of a thriller whereas in wwe it felt very much like kind of i don't know if it was the lighting or what it was but it was very it just didn't hit the vibe i was expecting like you said like alba fire Kaylee Ray, as we know her as well, she's fantastic and she deserved to, you know, she'd beaten them all up with a baseball bat a la Sting and she'd done all that kind of stuff and she'd brought her back to the arena to win the belt and then it just felt like, you know, oh, you know, like that felt like a bit of a waste. Do you know what I mean? It just felt yeah, like it, it kind of led to this point and it was like, oh, you know, and it just, it just didn't, 
it was flat and that's not what I was hoping for. Um, it just didn't hit what I was expecting. Um, and, but again, like I keep saying throughout this whole show, there was one point though, everyone worked really hard, but there was one point where one of Toxic Attraction, it was when man, uh, when Alba Fire was getting into the uh, Ranger over and she was crawling on the floor and she was saying, you know, don't take her, don't take her. It was just like so over the top, but bad. Like it just didn't, it just felt cringeworthy and too much. And it was like, that was the only bit where I felt like it was too much on this show where I was like, no, but everyone else, but well, they all did, but that was the one moment where I felt like it was too much. But yeah, it was another thing where again, it fit the whole vibe of Halloween. It was what it was. You know, it was, you know, entertainment. It's the entertainment aspect of WWE. When you've not watched WWE regularly like I have for years, you forget about this kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> but it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, you know. But, but again, you know, it was something different and it was, it was fun, but it just was a bit flat at the end, unfortunately. And it just, I would have preferred a different outcome, um, like you said. Absolutely, and, um, and then main event time was um, a triple threat match for the uh, NXT Championship, so we had Bron Breaker defending against Elay Dragunov and JD McDonough, um, what I will say about NXT is, just for JD, on the subject of JD McDonough, they do have some absolute twatty heels, don't they, him, yes. Grayson Waller, Duke Hudson, Damon Kemp that was on the show, um, uh, there, so there is um, there is a lot of them, um, well, Mr. Stone, new companies, uh, Wagner, Carmelo, he's, so they do have some very dislikable um, heels that just, 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 yeah, just literally pop, popped into my head there, um, <laughs> But no, uh, the main event I thought was brilliant. I thought a really good triple threat match between three sort of um, different style, I suppose, wrestlers there. And so we each got a different sort of style. Um, partly was secretly hoping that um, that Dragunov was going to win, um, just because I'm such a, a bit biased, but I'm just such a huge Dragunov fan. But um, I, I do get Breaker retaining if they don't want to throw him up onto the main roster. If there's no plans for him up on the main roster just yet, albeit he, I'm sure he would go up there and be absolutely fine. Doesn't need to learn any more trade in NXT, but I think it's more. There's no point throwing someone up if they've if you haven't got any plans in place for them. Um, but I thought, yeah, main event was brilliant. Really good sort of triple threat match as you would ex- as you'd expect really in um with the with the three competitors in there. Uh obviously, yeah, near falls, some really good spots. And um yeah, I, I mean for, for yeah, for this, as I say, my my bias point of view, I, I was hoping Dragunov was going to was going to win. But I've got no real complaints with Breaker um retaining. Um and I but yeah, I would I would like to see Breaker and Dragunov maybe go in for a one-on-one match, maybe uh, whether they, I mean, I don't think you can, but they can try and stretch it out maybe to NXT deadline in December. But even if they just maybe have a match on on on, a, on an NXT episode in a few weeks' time, maybe I think that would be a really really good match. But um, yeah, great great main event. So another another positive from the show, the main event, really enjoyable with Breaker retaining. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, like you said, three guys with com- three completely different styles and they're just all meshed together. And as we know, triple threat matches are kind of some of the most difficult matches to do because of trying to keep everyone 
make a, make sure everyone meshes, but also that everyone stays relevant and things as to what's going on. But yeah, like you, I was hoping for a Dragonov win. Uh, massive fan of his, and just his he's got to be one of the most sort of expressionate wrestlers I've seen in a long yeah. time in terms of his face and his body language. Just says so much with what is going on in the ring, and just his the crowd was so behind him as well. You know, like they were just completely, you know, behind him. Um, and, but I do, I do think that Brom Breaker is a fantastic NXT champion, you know, with his pedigree of being, you know, uh, the son of Rick Steiner and, you know, the nephew of Scott Steiner. And I liked how they kept mentioning that on commentary, you know, and, and given obviously like Booker T, the sort of, uh, the one cool little tip that I did like about the show was they kept mentioning sort of, um, significant Halloween Havoc moments in, in WCW history as well. And one of them was, uh, Scott Steiner and uh, Booker T in the main event. So I liked that as well. That was cool. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a really, a really great match. I thought that they all meshed greatly together. Um, I hope we do get to see a Dragonov and, and Brecker singles match at some point, uh, whether it be on the show or not, I don't know. Um, but I just think that, you know, they, um, all three guys put in a great effort in the main event. And, you know, I think, um, given that NXT UK, has kind of gone and dissolved and it's become meshed, uh, merged into NXT. They all have kind of, uh, the roster, sorry, has sort of moulded quite nicely into NXT yeah. as a whole. And this main event was kind of a, um example of that with, you know, two members of the NXT UK roster against uh, one another and, you know, an, uh, the NXT champion. So, yeah, it was a, a really great match and it was a really great show overall. Full of variety. I think that's one thing I like about the show and why I like what I'd missed about WWE actually is the variety aspect of it in that it doesn't have to be all serious wrestling. It can be just a mixture of different things will entertain you. And I did yeah. leave this show feeling entertained. Whether I enjoyed everything in terms of whether I felt like it was match of the year or whatever doesn't matter because I left and I felt entertained and that I enjoyed a show and you know, the crowd there definitely enjoyed it. So that's what matters the most, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I thought it was a really strong main event to end a really fun show. Um, and, yeah, it was just it was just great to watch some WWE or a full WWE show after so long. I can't remember the last full WWE show I fully watched, really. It must be probably NXT at some point. So, no, it was good fun. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think my overall views on the show, I think it was sort of, sort of say, it had a, it had a good end and a good, uh, sorry, a good start and a good end. So yeah, say some matches, yeah, I think you could say are a bit meh, but, um, overall I think it's good. I think it more proves that NXT, I think, will slowly but surely get, will get better. Like, like we know, the takeovers back in, what, your, your, your 26, 2015, 2016, uh, all the way up to even my being all up to 2019, I think, were, were incredible. There was some, inc- whether we hit those heights again, who's, who knows? But, um, I think, yeah, there's, there's certainly some positives to take from the show and, um, and yeah, who knows? I think slightly a bit of building, obviously, we know, um, with the changes, not going to keep going on about, obviously, Triple H being at, being at, being at the wheel. But, um, but yeah, well, it's technically, well, Shawn Michaels at the wheel in NXT. So, mm. I'm, I know Triple H will get the final say, but I'm sure we'll, you know, we will get some, the good times NXT will return. And, um, but yeah, I, I do like the fact as well, they are, um, 
they are doing their own sort of um, pr- uh, premium live events now. Whether they get call them takeover again, maybe we're through that era of of the takeover eras. Maybe they will just be called NXT. Well, Halloween had it. Well, NXT Deadline there. Um, obviously, in future, you never know. They might start going back into live audience, or big like stadiums again, like like we used to see. Then then they might bring it back to take over New York and what have you. But but yeah, but for now, I think it's um, I think yeah. Hopefully, the future is bright for NXT. Yeah, I was literally going to say the same, Nick. The future's very bright. You know, I mean, we've got there's a everyone like I keep saying, but everyone on this show worked so hard and they all put on a fantastic performance and I know that um the whole roster is a roster I would want to see more from. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I feel yeah. like it's sort of oversaturated. There was segments on the show where I wanted to see more of people and there was matches where I want to go and see more in the future or see what happens, you know, and I think that's the most important thing is that everyone worked really hard. The crowd enjoyed it. I enjoyed it at home. I felt entertained. And I think it's a really bright future for, you know, NXT and, and, and looking at it is in terms, you know, I, I know we have to, I know we, one thing we're, we're interested in is I was talking about this the other day, ironically at work, but as, as wrestling fans, we're kind of quite, um, harsh in that we always, um, refer back to the stuff we enjoyed, but it's kind of like, Hence, like you were saying, the NXT takeovers, but it's kind of like this is a new era for NXT and it's kind of like you can look at that and you can enjoy that, but this is something else and try not to compare, just look at what's here now, do you know what I mean, and enjoy what's what's coming and, you know, I think there's a lot of really good uh, wrestlers and really good storylines and um, just potential to come. I mean, all of these people on this show, wrestlers, um, definitely will make an impact in, you know, WWE, whether it be in NXT, the main roster, or it's definitely a really great time for, you know, the um, NXT brand and for WWE as a whole. So, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, I mean, I keep saying this, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I do urge people to go out of their way and, uh, and watch this show because uh, it was, you know, a ton of fun. Absolutely, and well, I think that's all we got time for this evening. Um, was there? I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to um, discuss from Halloween Havoc or anything in terms of wrestling as a whole. Nothing really. Um, just like I said, that you know, I think we're in a really after all the excitement we've had over the past year, it just seems like it's a really exciting time for wrestling. You know, we've got a lot of things um, you know going on. Um, I've uh, recently interviewed just in terms of podcasts and things I recently yeah. interviewed Nitro Green from CCW um, Copenhagen Championship Wrestling the champion for that promotion so check that out on uh, BBG Wrestling the uh, the website and on the uh, SoundCloud uh, platform because it was a really great interview I really enjoyed it and uh, yeah just got I've got one project in the in the works at the moment I'm kind of working through which I'll keep a surprise for the moment but mm. hopefully people will enjoy it yeah um, and uh, that's interesting it's it's to do with a event which will be happening in but the only kind of teaser I'll give is it's to do with something happening in 2023 so just kind of keep your um, sort of our, sort of uh, selves on social media to see when that comes about because that should be quite cool when that comes uh, to you know to light but Besides that, yeah, no, nothing else. Like I said at the start, Nick, just thank you again for inviting me on and, and ticking off 
WWE NXT, but yeah. WWE reviews as part of my uh, BBG wrestling education. You know, I can I can take that one off. We've just got AEW left to go. Um, but yeah, I've been thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. My absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, again, thanks for, for, as I say, thanks for coming on. And um, thank you everyone at home for listening. We do appreciate it. Lots of um, fun content coming up uh, there uh, next week where we'll be previewing Crown Jewel. And um, as I say, take care and we'll see you soon.